Welcome to Promote and Scale Podcast, where we share success stories of tech and e-commerce startups and discuss growth strategies so that you can implement these best marketing practices and innovative strategies to fast-track your business. We are your hosts, Yasi and Ivana. Hi guys, my guest in today's podcast is Fabian Dominguez, the CMO of Relay. Relay is the hottest Bitcoin investment app in Switzerland. And I know Relay since they were just an idea because in 2019, uh, I went to a hackathon in Zurich where I met Julian, the CEO and the founder of Relay. And I joined his team and I spent a few months working with them voluntarily and building the MVP. Today, Relay has a lot of users, they have millions in turnover, and they're getting ready to raise the Series A funding. In this episode of Promote and Scale podcast, I talk with Fabian about different strategies they employed before they had a big marketing budget, and now that they have some money to spend on marketing. And these marketing strategies can be used by any tech startup. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hi, Fabian. Uh, thanks a lot for joining today's interview. Um, you are CMO of Relay and we are based here in Crypto Valley and I think everybody by now knows about Relay because you guys are a huge success. So I wanted to invite you to uh, say a few words about Relay, about your growth and then to share some useful tips for our other startups uh, about how they can grow their company and maybe share some interesting marketing strategies. So maybe you can start first by introducing Relay and tell us what is it that you guys do. All right. Uh, thanks for having me first. Um, yeah, as, as you know, Relay is the easiest app to buy Bitcoin, also to sell Bitcoin. Um, what makes it special is that you don't have to verify yourself. You don't even have to create an account or anything. And you can buy Bitcoin up to 1,000 francs or euros per day or 100,000 per year without any type of verification. And that makes it very simple. So you literally download the app and within one or two minutes, you can be buying Bitcoin, which is a big USP compared to other Bitcoin exchanges or wallets that allow you to buy Bitcoin because you usually go through a very annoying process of verifying your per per uh, your identity and that need you might have to scan documents and your passport and everything that, like that and stuff like that. And with Relay, that's not necessary. And what is uh, the amount that actually you can invest in uh, without doing KYC in Switzerland? Yeah, that's in Switzerland only. Well, basically, because we are in Switzerland, we can allow that to anybody who uses our app. Uh, since January 1st of this year, 2021, um, it's 1,000 francs per day, which is around 900 euros per day and uh, 100,000 francs per year. And that doesn't ver uh, need any verification. Yeah. And, uh, until the end of last year, it was actually 5,000K, uh, 5,000K, 5,000 francs per day. And um, but yeah, they they change the regulations, so we really depend on on the FINMA and the the regulatory um, institutions. Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, and I have a lot of questions for you related to market uh, to really marketing strategy. But before we move into that, can you tell us a little bit more about your professional experience? Because I know that you're quite experienced in marketing. Mm -hmm. um, I um, started getting into marketing well, online business generally in uh, like 2013, I think, mostly through YouTube, um, just with the dream of being independent and making my own money and being my own boss. And through that, uh, I got into startups and through that also into online marketing. And the reason why was basically because I thought if you want to build your own business, 
on your own at back then i was i was 22 i didn't have a network i didn't have like people around me especially who wanted to build startups or anything um so i need i figured i need to know marketing i need to know business and everything and i kind of stuck with marketing um i learned it on my own for the first few years mostly through youtube blogs and doing courses like coursera um but also google certificates and all that so i uh, never actually studied it i i had studied a bit of applied psychology but i dropped out because i didn't like see myself being a, a psychologist in the future so i don't regret that and then literally learned it on my own somehow got a trainee at a agency in switzerland and then i really got into the swiss work uh, place um, in marketing basically before that i had random jobs generally in, in offices and stuff like that but when i got into that uh, into marketing on my own i just started freelancing a bit i think in 2014 or 15 is when i had the first client i did like small social media concept for like 20 bucks on fiverr <laughs> and um, i worked like eight hours for those 20 bucks so that was not worth it but still it was it was nice just getting that feeling of earning your first money um, online on your own. And yeah, that's also why I really stuck with it, tried to get a job in it, like in Switzerland, really with a fixed salary and everything to, to actually learn it. And yeah, through that, through through those diplomas that I got from, from the courses that I did, I actually got that traineeship at the agency. And from there, it basically, it started. Um, and then I worked at, in Switzerland at Tamiria, which is a big... Um, like media company with over a thousand employees they do a billion in in revenue every year they have a lot of digital companies in the in the company itself and there i also got into app marketing for the first time really after that i actually went back to the agency where i had done the the traineeship this time i, I wanted to learn like programmatic advertising because at first i had done uh, consulting i noticed that's not really what i want then I got into campaign management and I realized that's also not really what I want. Um, but then I realized that product is really what interests me more, more than having like seven or eight different clients. I wanted to work for one product with one big vision that you can do multiple experiments on and everything. And through that, I started kind of freelancing for, for startups as well and starting my own kind of uh, little project. And the first... Um, I would say the the most successful of those startups is still uh, alive today. I I quit it when the um I, I started as head of marketing there, really with the idea. The the CTO uh, was also the CEO. He had the idea and was actually the tech guy. And there, that was also a Bitcoin project. So that's also I got at the same time into startups and into the Bitcoin and into that the industry. And from there, um yeah, I realized that's really what I want to do. And um, startups is is the right thing for me. Just being part of something from the beginning, being able to to change stuff and being able to experiment with, um, yeah, like with with the product, it can be, uh, it, it's it's harder with with agencies because you kind of have a system and you you have to work within that system. And from then on, I decided, yeah, I want to stay in marketing, and kind of freelance a bit for for different startups all the time, but mainly worked in in the agency for around two and a half years. And yeah, then now since uh, since November, I, that's when I started at Relay. That's um, when I really set foot, and that's basically the first startup that you can really say uh, that uh, it's actually working in that sense. It's not only a project; it's really a company at this point. And but it helped really a lot having those experiences with with the 
just starting at zero with those with those little projects and and uh, just knowing what's important right at the beginning like uh, for example setting up you have to know that you should track everything from the beginning because otherwise you're going to be losing data and everything and just having those little um, insights basically helped helped a lot now but your uh, did, did your did your agency experience actually help you uh, now or does it help you now with your current job in in the startup yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, in multiple like ways. Uh, first of all, I did learn a lot, just um, um, like specialty-wise. Like I did learn a lot about marketing, about um, technical stuff, and also now as CMO, I work with agencies, so I kind of know what to look for and what to um, like, what to con actually control and maybe what to let them do and stuff like that. So I definitely, it definitely helped a lot. Yeah. Because I think most, if you never worked at an agency, you don't really know how it, how it is behind the scenes. You, you just see your project manager and you feel like he's there 24 seven for you, but actually they usually have a lot of projects. So um, yeah, it's important to, to kind of look for certain things. Like do they actually have enough people in, at the agency for, for our project because they, they usually they tell you how many other clients they have and everything so if they're six people and they have 15 clients it's kind of hard to to juggle all of them but yeah there's definitely a lot that i learned there okay and uh so how would you describe uh, marketing for startups because i think this is one huge topic especially when it comes to tech startup you know a lot of founders they're very tech oriented and then they have maybe business developers etc but um it's very um you don't you don't see people marketers that are specialized in startups everywhere so now you with this experience that you just described how would you how is a startup how is marketing for startups different than marketing for bigger companies yeah. Uh, first of all, you usually don't have a budget depending on the stage of the startup. You start with zero budget or maybe a few hundred bucks per, per month. Um, and that is definitely a big difference to, to, a, to a corporation, a big one. Also, you're setting it up from scratch. So you basically, it's better to be, a, I would say it's better to be a generalist if you're working at a startup because you you have multiple hats that you're, that you're going to be wearing. You it's not specifically as the marketing person. If you're the first one, you really should work, uh, focus on social media strategy, potentially actually posting on social media, maybe even creating the content. But then again, you should be able to to set up the tracking for your website and your and your product and everything. So I would say being a generalist is better for startups, at least at the beginning, and um, being able to work lean in a in a lean way, basically just not. Not, not needing a thousand bucks for everything, but actually trying, trying to get stuff done for free or for as little money as possible. That can be through creative stuff, like uh, instead of pumping, putting or putting ten thousand bucks into paid advertising, you you're gonna have to come up with ideas to to uh, to do that without money. And um, and also, yeah, that you generally in in a big corporation, you usually have specialists for everything. You basically can you need to be more like a project manager rather than a hands-on person. And um, yeah, there you, in the startup, you really need to be able to know a bit about everything. You have to be able to work with everything. Of course, you can always hire freelancers and everything, but still you need to be able to delegate the right stuff. Okay. And what are uh, some of the marketing strategies that you now uh, use or uh, deploy in a relay? Um, 
we basically work, we try to work as data driven as possible and using the, the pirate metrics, the AARRR system um, to, to really lead the customer through a specified funnel, basically. Um, it starts with the acquisition, then we want to activate them, and then we want to try the ret uh, then, then retention is the next one, then um, we're going to get revenue, and then also we want them to refer us. And for that, we, we, we started out with basically no budget at all, so we, we started out with a lot of, of content. We, we knew also that it's going to take three, four months for our, for our blogs, for example, to actually rank on Google and get to the first or at the very least second page. So we started as soon as possible with really writing SEO focused content for Relay that started a bit boring, I guess, for our writer, Alex, because uh, he, he has like, we have like 20 different blog posts that, that are called how to buy Bitcoin in XYZ. And then it's Slovenia, Spain, France, Italy, it's basically every country in Europe. And that's literally just to get on Google if somebody in that country is looking for that. So yeah, we had a lot of that type of content that we had to, in a in a big backlog that we had to write, and but also uh, we wanted to, because Bitcoin is kind of a, a complex um, subject, and there's a lot of beginners who want to get into it. We knew that we want we need to start writing a lot of educational content, basically explaining what is Bitcoin, what is DCA, which is our auto invest um, feature that you can. That you can use to automatically just save, uh, put money into real, into Bitcoin, and we knew that we need to explain all those things to at least the, the the beginners, and even questions like why can you do it without KYC is something that then the more experienced Bitcoiners would ask us. So yeah, there's a lot of questions in that industry. So we really focused on writing a lot of content, trying to be as transparent as possible, and that was all be before we had any type of budget. Then when we when we did and also on social media, of course, we were very active on social media or as active as possible. Um, for us specifically, it's Twitter mostly because uh, the Bitcoiners are mostly active on Twitter still nowadays. But still, we we have surprisingly big audiences on on Instagram. Especially surprising are the ages, like the demographics. Um, we at the beginning we thought the biggest part of our users are going to be like the young people most of the, the youngest people mostly but we realized now that actually we have a lot of people with the uh, above the age of 45 like at least a quarter of our followers on instagram is over 45 so now we know we, we shouldn't maybe post too many memes and uh, stuff like that because we were trying to kind of post the content that 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 gets us those customers as well um so yeah we we always try to to do our content according to to the audience basically and on twitter we're using a lot of memes a lot of uh, kind of inside jokes and everything about bitcoin because there's the people there are really bitcoiners really active in it and they get it but on instagram we we noticed it's better to use like infographics and stuff and like we, we obviously also promote our own like podcast that we have and with video and everything but yeah we're trying stuff out on instagram because it's really not our main channel but uh, we're still trying to grow it and um yeah that's kind of the organic part the social and and blog content and then when we started with with a little budget we we first started out with google ads just google app install ads specifically and uh, we managed to get uh, an average customer or download price um cost per install of around two Swiss francs, which is surprisingly good, especially in like financial industry. And uh, 
we later when we were setting up the tracking because we kind of started like like adam you know adam he, he built the mvp obviously they didn't think about tracking back then so we don't have any data from the beginning and then when we started we were slowly setting up the tracking so we kind of missed data from different months and everything but we're trying to just uh yeah work with, with what we have so then we started advertising on google and started getting some data from there uh, and then we noticed, first of all, our main customers are, are like men, like 85% of our users are men. And we did not try that. We, we were gender neutral, but we noticed, okay, 85% of the people who want to buy Bitcoins seem to be men. And then we, tr we, for example, we thought about trying to change that, like trying to do more uh, female specific marketing as well to get them to relay as well. But we noticed it, it doesn't really make sense for us because First of all, it would cost us more to, to get the users to basically convince them because they obviously don't really want it. It's They're not interested. We, we, we ran the ads for, for both genders and they didn't want it. So now we're kind of focusing a bit on, on like male, not, we don't do anything specific for males, but we, but we just, we, um, well, actually, let me start back. <laughs> That's it. Um, not, not really male. We're more focusing on the age right now we noticed it's male and 45 plus as i said so um we're trying to to build like content or work with content that isn't um, as young and fresh as we started out with many emojis and all that so right now we're basically um building landing pages to test out if if other language works better maybe more um formal language in german you can do that very well and in, in english it's pretty straightforward but in german you can really go from um, talking to somebody as if they were somebody very young and like almost disrespectful to very respectfully. So we're trying those uh, those things out, the different language, different kind of design of the landing pages. And yeah, that's that's what we've been doing so far. It's so far only Google ads because that's where the problems come in for, for our Bitcoin startup. We, of course, wanted to run ads on Facebook as well, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and also Reddit. But we got banned on every single platform the first day that we wanted to start running ads, just because we have some, because we we are a Bitcoin company. Their first like instinct of the of the bot, the instinct, is to just ban us because they see cryptocurrency and the first like idea is to just check this is a real company. Are they scamming people? What did they do? So that's been a pretty long process to actually get uh, verified and to be actually uh, able to to run any ads. And we hopefully can start running Facebook ads very soon. We we finally made a few some progress there, but so far we've been um, just stuck to only Google ads. And in the last two months, we also started running some Apple search ads for for only iOS, and that also worked pretty well. But it's uh, it's a lot uh, more expensive than than the Google ads. So we there we paid around four bucks per per download, and which is still pretty good but compared to the two bucks on, on on google we it's just double the amount so yeah basically we're, we're still focusing on writing content and getting that that blog to the first page on google for all those uh, keywords be it like how to buy bitcoin anonymously or how to buy bitcoin in specific country um and through that for that we're we're just uh, also trying to get like pr and media mentions and getting some backlinks for us so every month we we try to push out a, like a 
press release about if we have any news, if we have any news worthy like um, news, <laughs> we, we send it out to, to multiple um, media outlets. And that has helped as well. We we notice uh, like a big every time we we have a little press release, we, we we do notice more traffic. And by far the biggest growth uh, engine so far have been the referrals, and especially with ambassadors and uh, with like content creators, influencers. Um, we we have that what's that system that anybody can use, but we we tried to get some affiliates like YouTubers in the financial industry and Bitcoin and all that to promote relay just uh without actually paying them up front because again we didn't have the budget so we had to come up with something and that has been working pretty well we noticed every time uh, a content creator actually does a video about us or um or julian goes to a podcast or something like that that is like big in the bitcoin community we always get a big um increase in traffic and downloads and and everything so yeah, that's those are the the biggest thing like the organic content both in the blog and and social, um, paid advertising on Google and Apple and the referral program that has been going very well. Yeah, and and that is actually a pattern that I also see with other blockchain companies. Unfortunately, Facebook and Instagram, even though now their policy says that you could run the ads for certain, obviously for certain types of businesses, but still every time you 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 create an ad and you mention something related to cryptocurrency or Bitcoin, then you get blocked and then you need to apply for the approval. And that is really, um, I mean, it just slows you down. And then you, you're thinking, does it really make sense for me to promote here? Um, yeah. But I know that you can also apply to get the approval if you, um, if you are one of those businesses, I think something related to exchanges, I'm, I'm not sure. So did you actually actually go through this process that you had to apply for the approval or how does it go yes uh, we did we that's exactly it we, we we got banned we read the guidelines we thought okay we actually don't like we should be able to advertise we're not because we're not an exchange or anything like that right now we're just basically a wallet an, an app and we should be able to advertise and we also see other like competitors that do advertise on facebook and instagram so yes we had to run through that process which means we we had to verify first of all relay as the company like we had to show them there exists uh relay limited does exist in switzerland and after that we also had to verify our website we had to show them that relay.ch is um belongs to us and we had to do that actually we struggled a lot with that uh, on the technical part for some reason because uh, and that took like almost two months, I would say. Um, first, we wanted to just verify it with our email because you can say, uh, they ask you if you have a, an email with that domain at the end, like at relay.ch in our case, you can just, we'll just send you an email and then it's verified because we know you, that uh, domain belongs to you. But uh, we never got an email. We tried it at least 20 times. We, we pushed that button 20 times. Nobody of us ever got an email. No spam either. We obviously checked that. Then we had to try different ways of adding some code snippets to our website, to the source code. And the first few tries just didn't work for some reason. We, we, we did see it in the source code, but Facebook didn't recognize it. And at the end, we actually had to go to the web host and actually put change, uh, change something there that Facebook was, so Facebook was finally able to, to verify it. And now, literally just last week, we, we got... The message in the Facebook business uh, 
manager that we that relay AG is now verified, but still the status has not changed. We're we're still waiting for them. Now, yeah, we're still in that support process and trying to get fully fully verified. But it's looking it's looking good now. With the agency actually helped with that because what we noticed was um, our the, the just a normal business support did not really bring us very far. But as soon as the agency stepped in with their premium support, they have like direct business partners that they talk to, then it suddenly took like two weeks. So it actually, it, sometimes it does really, really help having that, um, especially because of like contacts in, in the industry and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, when it comes to writing uh, content for SEO purposes, uh, you know, many startups would argue, um, oh, well, there is already so much content out there. Why should I write my content or why should I cover these basics? How would you, what would you advise to them? How would you justify why they should invest in writing? Because usually what I heard in the past that, you know, you know when you're starting a new website that you need to write around 40 articles, more or less uh, across like within several different months until you start ranking. So how would you justify to those startups? Why should they write or invest in organic content? Because it works pretty well. Um, whenever they find you through Google, it means they were looking for something that you seem to be offering. Like if, you're, if your blog is talking about your product and uh, they found, find you like in our case, if they Google how to buy Bitcoin anonymously, they will see Relay pretty quickly. And that helps us a lot because they they are showing interest in, in buying Bitcoin and we can give them what they want, buying it anonymously. So it definitely helps with that. And obviously we all know Google is still by far the biggest search engine and uh, people just love to Google. People Google everything. So it, I would say it's definitely worth it because it's, it's based, it's not, nothing's free, but it is free in the sense of it doesn't, it's not paid advertising. So if you have the, if you have somebody who can write it, or if you can write it yourself, or if you can hire a freelancer who can write it for maybe not too much, then I would definitely say it's worth it because you need that, that real estate on Google. Your, your website needs to be visible if you, if somebody Googles for your specific product or something related to your product. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and then the last thing that you mentioned as well is a collaboration with influencers, because I also see a lot of other blockchain companies that they work with influencers and they say, especially with YouTube influencers, and they say that they have really good results. So how does that work? Do you actually look for influencers and then you reach out to them or do they maybe approach you to ask for a referral code? Kind of both. Um, we we do mostly look for them because it's there's many startups, there's many affiliate programs, and we don't actually pay them up front, so we don't have the typical influencer relationship where we really pay them for a campaign. We we would and will at some point when for for the right audience, I would say, like if somebody has a really big audience, I understand that they don't want to run the risk of not earning any money with us because we have. A referral system which with uh, with which they can make money so i do get their um, perspective that they don't want to run the risk of not earning anything from a startup that they don't really know but so far because we have a pretty good name in the community some of them have been coming either to us directly because they they've heard of us and they think it's a cool product they've wanted to do videos about relay and interview julian and stuff like that so many of them did come to us at the beginning, but we are doing outreach. We are going out and basically just 
at the beginning, very simply just Googling or just looking on YouTube for Bitcoin and then keywords, whatever, in whatever language you're looking for or something like that. And then just looking for the best YouTubers that fit your brand that would that talk about the stuff. And then we on YouTube, the good thing is basically everybody has an email address in the about section where you can just contact them. And yeah, that that to be honest, it doesn't work that well. Outreach never works perfectly. We I would say maybe two out of ten actually get, or maybe like half of them get back to you, but maybe two out of ten really actually then do the the partnership without upfront payments or something like that. Yeah, what I what we, what you will hear a lot when you do that type of outreach is that yeah, sure we'll do it for five hundred bucks or for a thousand bucks or something like that. So whenever that you pay, you it's pretty easy to get placements on websites or on YouTube or anything. But if you're really looking for a, an affiliate partner because you are a startup without budget, then you probably have to make sure you have a really good product. Yeah, that makes sense. And what will you usually ask them? So do you ask them to uh, do a review of your app, or how would you? What do you think is the best way that they could promote you? Yeah, we we noticed that a review really explaining the app and maybe even showing the team or something like that really is what works best. Um, or like I said, interviews with Julian where it's uh, with, but that's really when they have an audience, an existing audience um, that actually watches their videos. Then you can really, on or I can say I can tell our biggest our our biggest like ambassador and um the first time he did a review video our download numbers um tripled that day for for like two or three days they just tripled we went from like 100 downloads a day to just 350 on on just on apple and uh for, from like 50 on on google to almost 200 per day for like three or four days straight so that really you can actually see that in the graph and that was a review that was really some he was talking about relay and also showing the benefits so it was a positive review i should maybe add <laughs> it was a positive review um and that also he was he's perfect from because he's in the bitcoin niche he's not even cryptocurrency which would again be a bit diversified he's really bitcoin and relay is also bitcoin only so that worked that partnership worked out very well Can, how, how do you choose to which market you want to focus your marketing efforts if if the tracking is set up correctly you can check which market brings you most revenue um, and usually that's the goal of, of most companies so which market is the cheapest to get and brings you the most revenue or where's the the relation is where's the best um, relation base basically so for us um at the beginning we we didn't have that data so we just started out just putting out content just setting up that tracking and and uh, get, collecting some data to, to actually know those types of type of things and right now it's really just looking who is most likely to buy that's also if you do paid advertising you can make sure that you don't for example in, in our case we could just go for downloads and just try to get as many downloads as possible but we have that event that the conversion events that is um, buy Bitcoin basically. So we want the people who actually will buy Bitcoin. So what we do is we don't just go for as many downloads as possible. We go for as many active users as possible. And that then optimizes automatically for people who download the app, but also use it then. And yeah, I would make sure that you do that, like optimize for active users, whatever, whatever you do. And if you're running a, a SaaS business, you, you also should look for the most likely user to buy or to, to subscribe to your business. 
and you can usually do that by by tracking and just just with by optimizing for that and which systems are you using to track all this data um, for the app, we have Firebase, um, Google Firebase. It's 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 free at the beginning. It's uh, it's free depending on whatever you want to do with it. And through that, Google Analytics Four, which is the new Google Analytics, which was also new for 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 me and actually for everybody just when we started out. But um, yeah, those are the main tools: Google Analytics, the, the normal one for the website, and Google Analytics of, through Firebase on the apps, both Android and iOS. Mm-hmm. And are you also setting up funnels in Google Analytics? Yes, um, we we do we we do work we we do try to work generally with that AARRR funnel. And we I think the first funnel we we set up was just trying to see how much churn we have, and that surprisingly was very low. Um, but now we we like we do like I said we try to go for those who actually will buy. And then also um, ideally in our case, it's uh, those who buy recurrently, who actually do the auto invest, who actually use the auto invest feature, which uh, because for us, that means recurring revenue. Those, um, if they set up an automatic tra- uh, transaction every week or every month, that gives us revenue every week or every month. And those users help us a lot more than somebody who just wants to buy Bitcoin one time just to see how it is. Um, so we try um, also to yeah to, to go through that like who first we started out just with downloads installs just getting users and then when we had the tracking and we had some conversion events that we could optimize for we went for that and now we're trying to get uh, the most active users as well but it's, again also the biggest transaction it's a mix of everything we're trying to get the cheapest users who buy the most uh, and the most the highest frequency as well so yeah it's a bit of a balance of everything. Yeah, that, that actually sounds like um, this uh, so-called North Star metric, right? Because they say that you should really, it's not just uh, about these vanity metrics, but it's more about what actually matters, right? And in this case, it's absolutely like uh, active users. And I guess that's actually what also investors are looking for, right? So what are some of the metrics that, um, especially when it comes to when you're getting ready to raise the next round of funding, uh, what's the metric or what are the numbers that you need to have, first of all? And then what are the metrics that investors are looking for? Um, in in our case, we, it was very important to figure out how much does us does it cost us to get a user, so customer acquisition cost, um, and then also to know how much will that user bring us on average. And that's basically what inve- on a rough level, that's what investors want to know. If I give you one million, can you make three, four, five, six out of that? Because you have a system that works. So, for example, you you pay five bucks for a for a user and you know that user will bring you 20 bucks in that year or something like that so they are looking for for a system like that 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 you know okay we're paying this amount for uh, to get the user and that user actually brings us this amount of money and yeah in our case that was the customer acquisition cost and then the average transaction value which um which we, uh, we we were trying to get to at least a hundred bucks, but we noticed uh, it it was pretty quickly went to one hundred and fifty, because people maybe also because of the Bitcoin price they were buying more and more and and also higher prices, but um, that's what they saw then that that those numbers kind of work out for us. Um, the the acquisition cost is rather cheap and the the lifetime value is is pretty good. And that, I mean, it depends on on the business. For other startups, it kind of depends on the business model. But it's always kind of that idea. It's all every company tries to make revenue, and 
you then just have to break down for your business model how do we get that revenue for for example like you said before we need a lot of active users because we make a small percentage of every little transaction we so we can't just have one big corporation that pays that buys bitcoin worth 1 billion every month because obviously that would be great revenue for us as well but we can't do that just because of the business model so that means for us we need to get a lot of users who are active and in other cases, like for e-commerce, it could be other metrics, like for example, the customer lifetime value just based on like average order size and stuff like that. But yeah, it, they, you have to break it down for, for your business. How do you make revenue and what, what's important to get there? Mm-hmm. And okay. again, always showing the investors, we know how much it costs us to get them and they bring, we know how much they bring us. Yeah. And uh, can you tell us more about uh, the referral code? Okay. <laughs> can you tell us more about the referral codes? Because I know that uh, um, I, I remember the story, Julian told me that actually your community was asking for referral codes. And then once you actually have given them the codes, then like you, you got many new users. So tell us more about this experience. Yeah, the referral code worked very well. It's actually the same system that we use with the influencers and, and the ambassadors. The only difference is we, we give the influencers the, the opportunity to get a landing page for, for them with their name and as a custom code. But for every other single user, they can just create that ref code inside the app. And from we, we are at around 21,000 downloads right now, and we have over 10,000 referral codes created. So more than half of the downloads, people who download the app actually um, create a code and they at least show some interest in wanting to promote it and we know that uh, i think around a third the last time i checked around a third of the transactions are actually through referrals so they the incentive there is, is clear they the the, the the person who who does the referral gets 0.5 percent of the of the fee that that uh, that the person pays so they, they get a little bit of revenue if they are an influencer that works very well. But also if you're just a normal person, you 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 never mind getting 50 cents here, 50 cents there. At the end, it's going to accumulate, especially because it's Bitcoin. You get it in Bitcoin. And the incentive for the person to join is usually there's an interest. They, they actually want to buy Bitcoin and we give them the, the easiest way to do that. And second, they also get a discount. So they, they, get, they pay... 2.5% instead of 3%. So they get a 0.5% discount. And that means for us that we actually lose 1% of the revenue or basically one third of the revenue in our case, because we give 0.5% to, to one side and 0.5% to the other. But it helps a lot. You, you have to make sure that the numbers work out. But in our case, it helped a lot. We First of all, the Bitcoin price went up at the same time as our uh, referral program went live. So many people were trying to get into Bitcoin. And I guess many Bitcoin experienced Bitcoiners now had that referral code and and got uh, got them to use Relay. And also, yeah, the, the ambassadors starting started using it. They started doing some videos and suddenly the, the, the download numbers exploded kind of. Yeah. And everything worked out perfectly because it was really at the exact same time as the Bitcoin price went up. So uh, yeah, that's, that has been working out very well. And you, you see that in other businesses, the referral program is kind of like a growth hack that, that some businesses like to use. And if you can, if you have a good product, it's probably going to, it's going to, it's worth it. Probably if the numbers work out revenue wise, 
you should probably try it. And are there any other features that you install within the app uh, that you use for growth hacking? Within the app, not really. Um, we the referral program is is really within the app, but otherwise, I would not not specifically like we always have in mind that we want to keep it as simple as possible, which also makes it referable, <laughs> basically. But um, we don't have anything yet. Also, because we're still pretty early, I have to remind myself that we launched on the app stores like nine months ago or something like that. So we're still going from MVP to actually big product and everything. And we've been focused, focusing mostly on that, like um, improving the app and improving the UI UX of the app rather than um, trying to get another growth um, hack out of it. But it's definitely a good idea. I mean, if, if, it's, if there's any way, um, I would always try it because those who actually use the app are those most likely to then refer it or, or do something like that. But for us, no, it's uh, at the moment, it's the referral program inside the app and uh, everything else is more typical marketing, basically. Mm -hmm. And what can you tell us about your Telegram community or how can startups uh, leverage Telegram community? I mean, I think here for blockchain startups, it's pretty obvious. I think everybody who is, you know, who is in, active in the blockchain industry, they use Telegram, but maybe some other startups, because I actually had a question recently, how can a company leverage Telegram? Okay. What would you tell to them? Okay, well, yeah, for, for us, it was kind of obvious because it has been like Telegram communities have been in crypto since at least 2017, if not before that. And it's kind of weird because it has like a mixed, it, it, it gives mixed feelings to most people. Some think of it as, as the ICO scams of the old days and others really love it. And we were on Telegram. We, we actually use it for everything, both for the community chats, but also for our own internal chats. And the community is pretty crazy, to be honest. It's, uh, it's crazy big, is what, is what I mean. We have over over 1,000 people are in our different Telegram chats and, uh, and also WhatsApp. We have two smaller communities on WhatsApp. But Telegram is definitely um, like three or four times as big. And uh, our original group that we had that at this nowadays is the German relay group had has over 700 members and it's it's awesome because we kind of use it for support both our own support like people come and ask questions and when we see it we do uh, reply as quickly as possible but sometimes when you're in a meeting you see a question you don't have time to answer right then and after an hour you go back to one and you want to answer that question and like seven community members have already helped the other community member so that has been pretty crazy to see how, how really helpful, how invested people are, like emotionally invested people are and uh, in that community and really helping each other out. And they also just chat about Bitcoin. It's not always just about Relay. It's sometimes they, they post news about Bitcoin, like when Tesla bought Bitcoin, the, the first uh, way and uh, when I, re I i heard of it through the relay chat because it was very quickly in that chat <laughs> and uh yeah stuff like that it's really a, a real community and the craziest thing was suddenly i when when suddenly i got a message from relay espana and we didn't we that i was the only people who spoke spanish at relay so i was sure i did not create that and then we realized oh we had a we have a community in spain that just somebody created the group they created a youtube video explaining the, the app and just going through the website 
and uh, then we and we actually had nothing to do with that. <laughs> they really did it on their own. They supported people on their own. And when we actually noticed that, we 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 did tell them that we're going to make it kind of official. We're we're going to help them. We're obviously the the problem is with those communities. If you have 15 communities in all those languages, you kind of need people in all those lang that, that speak all those languages. And right now for us it works because we're still pretty like in the in our region of, of Europe. We have like five languages and we have in the in the team there's somebody for every language. But yeah, that's kind of something something to focus on. At some point, it's not gonna be your community. It's gonna be like the, the users who created it and and who are managing it. And yeah, that that's been awesome to see. Like they yeah, the Spanish one was the first, and I think I think the French one was also created just by users. And at this point, it's official relay. It's an official relay community, and it's growing every day. It's, it's mm -hmm. great. Yeah, I guess that's amazing to see that people are so excited to use your product and that they also want to support you and kind of evangelize other people around them. And that's yeah. actually, I think, that's very um, interesting. Um, I, I remember Julian mentioned to me once that he gets a lot of support from this Bitcoin maximalists that they really kind of really like the app and because especially because you make it so easy for people to invest mm -hmm. and because kind of at least at the beginning you were kind of targeting Bitcoin noobs. So then they felt like, like that it makes sense to support you as an app because you are doing good job by bringing more people into bitcoin yeah exactly that that that's true that's also one of the reasons for the referral program because we have a lot of experienced bitcoiners who who may not need us because they they have done kyc seven times before they have bitcoin on seven different exchanges or bought on different exchanges so they don't necessarily need us but still many of them like our process and want to use us but mostly they want to refer us to their new friends so they've really we're looking for a an easy solution because obviously everybody goes and asks them hey how can i buy a bitcoin and it's pretty annoying to explain the process pre-relay because we actually usually have to sit down with them and go through it and do it and now they can literally just say download the app and just do a bank transfer it's really easy so they really appreciated that for mostly even for that maybe maybe more for referring it than actually using it some of them great and uh, are there any other marketing activities that you guys are working on or what is now on your roadmap what are you guys working on yeah we we uh, the roadmap is pretty like we have some big goals and we want to until the end of the years we, we want to grow by like 20x i would say kind of um and for that we're going to focus more on on paid advertising right now because we are generating revenue we can put some money into that but as i said we we have that that block that we've been writing for three or four months that's almost done the, the those 40 block uh, posts that you said like that backlog of, of first batch of content that's almost done and now we're gonna try and get, like I said, media mentions and be more out there and uh, get some interviews for Julian because that really helps. We we are we are um, working on a few interesting projects like that are more in the creative space. I'm not even sure if I should talk about it, but I, I'll briefly mention it. <laughs> but generally, we we're trying to just do what has worked so far. Like, for example, we know we pay two bucks per download on, on Google, so we're definitely going to be focusing on that. But we also know the ambassador um, is probably our best growth engine, so or our biggest growth engine. So we will also go for new influencers, new content creators. And now, again, with the revenue, we're getting a bit of a budget. So we're depending on 
on the ask, we might be able to pay some some influencers in advance, even before the affiliate and they they get the affiliate fee. So yeah, we're just gonna be focusing on what has worked so far and and putting more effort and more money into it. And how and, do you actually? Oh, no, go on. Yeah, the the kind of creative thing we are. I'm not even sure if I should say that, but we are um, financing a Bitcoin song in Switzerland with that will be published in the next few months and that's basically all i can say it's going to be a song about bitcoin it's going to be in german it's going to be in swiss german yeah it's, also <laughs> not, it's not about relay it's not a relay adverse ad song or something it's really we're trying to push something in the bitcoin community just some cultural um project it's more more that than marketing to be honest it's kind mm -hmm. of a side project <laughs> very interesting and how do you guys actually keep from um especially at the beginning when you don't have big budget how do you keep from or stay away from overspending because you could think okay i want to try this i want to try that but then you're not sure if it's going to work so how do you really kind of balance the budget that you have or that you know that you should spend versus the things that you want to try out yeah like i said at the beginning when you don't have budget you just have to look for creative ways of, of promoting your your company without spending money and um when you do actually, have, let's say you have a few hundred bucks or maybe a thousand or 2000 bucks, you just have to kind of manage it. You really have to set specific goals. Like if you, if you want to test something, you have to just have a, a specific goal in mind. And if you, if you get there, it, that's good. And you can invest more money into it if it, if it worked out, but you, if you notice it doesn't work, you just have to stop. And you have to think about the money situation before you actually start spending it. Like, yeah, I, I would say, um, if you really don't have investors or anything, if you're work, if you're bootstrapping it and 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 working with that, try to spend as little as possible. And if you do, it's probably going to be like something like Facebook ad because it's kind of um, predictable in a way. You can at some point you will have reference numbers. You, like I said before, you will know if I put two bucks in, I usually get one customer back. So I would go for that because um, there you you multiply the money really. And everything else, like that project I just said, like the the musical, that 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 cultural project, I wouldn't do that. Like I wouldn't go for branding, for example, as a as a startup. I would not like pay five k for radio ads or like print ads in a in a newspaper because you can take those five k's and five k francs and actually use it for specific customer acquisition. So be it paid ads or um, what else is there? Like maybe in our case, it could have been we spend money on building that referral system because we think it's going to work but really just putting it into something that is specific to get users directly not mm -hmm. just to build the brand or something like that okay and uh, i have one more question that just came to my mind how so what would you say is ux and ui important for customer acquisition and for growing um or do you think that's not that important i do i think it's very important because well, then there's the question between like growth hacking and marketing, right? People say or think marketing is only just promoting it, like doing ads and stuff like that. To me, I, I always thought it's like the four P's or even seven P's or whatever. So to me, product is kind of included in, in marketing and even more in growth hacking, because that's really from A to C, you want to find some kind of way to, to grow, whatever that way is. So I do think UI UX is extremely important because if you get the you can get the users with a really beautiful convincing ad to to get to download the app for example 
but if the UI UX sucks, then you're not going to keep the customer. And then those $2 or whatever you spent on that install is going to be lost again. So UI is in digital products. It's extremely important. Yeah. And a bad product is not really marketable, at least not long term. Yeah, yeah, and that actually makes sense because also uh, th exactly the same applies to e-commerce or any kind of landing pages that you're building. It always has to look, you know, to make sense. The content has to make sense and then also it has to look good because you could kind of increase your ad spend, but if you're not converting people or keeping people in your case, then you're basically just wasting your money yeah. in that sense. Yeah, exactly. You, If, it, if in e-commerce, if, you, if you're running ads and you're getting thousands of people to your website and they're looking at products, but not one single person bought anything, then you actually lost money. Of course, thousands of people now have heard of your brand and you might need two or three or four touch points with them. But still, those that's lost money, basically, because you did not get one single conversion. And that's probably because either the products that you're selling in in, in the e-commerce it's either the product that you're selling sucks but it could also just be the ui ux that's really really bad so yeah i think in, in digital products it's yeah it's the product it's how it works it's it's the reason i mean we buy iphones because they're beautiful and because they look nice and work well and the same thing is with an app you use it because it works well so yeah yeah okay good and um do you have any advice that you would give to startup founders uh, how to best promote or what to focus on if they're early stage startup how to promote their project um yeah well first of all i because i talked about it before when you when it is a digital product make sure that you set up the tracking for it as well as soon as possible because as soon as you do start marketing or even just organically when people start coming to your website you want to know who those people are so you can then use it later <clears throat> but in terms of promoting it um i've you probably heard a lot about like having those thousand real fans that you you really need that little community of real fans that that uh, that use you and promote you and everything and now especially with my experience at relay i can say that that is definitely a good starting point for a for a startup really finding that small community of actual fans that love your product we even started a, a merch shop that isn't going very well but we started it because the community was asking because we really have fans that want to work for us that want to buy our merch and everything so yeah <clears throat> try to find those uh thousand people or whatever that really like celebrate your brand and then try to maybe incentivize them if like either i right now i only have like the referral system in my head if there's a way to to give them something to, pr to promote you you should probably try that because those thousand people are going to be the core of your user base that's going to be growing from there on okay great well thanks fabian for sharing relay story it was really a pleasure listening to how you guys grow grow the hack and how you grow your user base uh thanks a lot for sharing the tips and guys i hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode i will put my referral link down in the description below so um if you use that referral link then you can you will pay 0.5 percent less in fees If you like what you heard in this episode, please subscribe to our podcast, to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. All links mentioned in this episode are in the show notes. If you want to grow your business through effective marketing, book a 30-minute consultation call with us at promotingscale.com. We'll be happy to get to know your business and help you.